while they're doing that, could I just see a show of hands of anybody who was not here last week and you did not hear the message of last, last Wednesday night? Okay, so most of you were. So I want to continue along those lines tonight. It's not something that I teach on a whole lot. It's going to lead us up to our prayer time. We'll be done with the service about 8.15. We'll probably take at least 15 minutes to pray. I like to share scriptures before we pray. I like to get us stirred up and on the same page, if you will. And last week, we talked about something that will assist us in being more used of God in the area of miracles, healings, signs, and wonders. Something that will help us to come above the natural realm a little higher, get more in tune with the leading of the Lord, when He wants to do things, how He wants to do things, especially in this area of powerfully ministering to people who need supernatural help. And you can go too far with this subject. You can go to extremes. Some people have. They've broken their bodies down and it hasn't, it, it just, it, it didn't work right. They did it for some other reason. <clears throat> but I want to talk some more about the benefits the Bible talks about in the area of fasting and praying and what that will do for us. Right off the bat, fasting does not change God. He wants you in victory before you fast, while you're fasting, and after you fast. He wants people set free before, during, and after people. Fasting changes us. It puts us in a more receptive attitude, a more awareness of the spirit realm, a more awareness of the authority we have in Christ. Fasting doesn't give us power. Jesus already gave us authority over all demons and all devils and to cure all diseases. We have it. Fasting makes us more sensitive to the authority he's given us and to the faith he's given us. Fasting changes us. Fasting doesn't give us more power over the devil. We already have the name of Jesus and it's more powerful than the devil himself and all his demons. What we need is a greater awareness, a greater sensitivity to the things the Lord's already given to us and imparted to us. So let's talk a little bit more about the benefits of fasting and how this is connected to our Sunday morning teachings on manifestations of the Spirit. You know, the Bible says that the manifestations of the Spirit are given to every man to profit with all. And then he lists nine manifestations, ways the Holy Spirit wants to manifest in the earth realm to supernaturally help people and we're way beyond a pat on the back here. We're talking about blind eyes opening, people in the wheelchairs jumping and running. We're talking about limbs growing out. We're talking about cancers being healed on the spot. Manifestations of the Spirit are powerful. And they're given to every man to profit with all, the whole entire church. And we need to be more aware of these things. We need to be more Expectant, We need to be more desirous of these things. And one of the things that will help us in this area is when the, the carnal goes down in our life and the spiritual comes up. The natural man, the Bible says, receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. The natural man, I, you know, I used to think that the devil was our biggest problem, but I'm not sure he is anymore. I think the biggest problem is our own carnal appetites and us more indulged in this natural realm than we should be. The Bible didn't say the evil man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, 1 Corinthians 2.14. It said the natural man receives not. There is a too natural 
you in my heart can be overcharged with things of this natural to where we're dull to the leading of the Lord, which could be life or death. We can be too natural to where the things of the Spirit and faith and the things of God are not as real to us as they need to be, and therefore our prayers aren't as effective as they should be. Our rebukes against disease aren't as effective as they should be because we're so car. Whatever realm is more real to us, that's the realm you're going to live your life by. That's the realm that you're going to uh, make decisions according to. If it's this physical, natural world where there is a ton of hopeless situations, then our decisions will be based more on natural. And here's the thing about the natural realm. Most people on this planet, including most Christians, are living way too much in the natural realm to where spiritual things are, are a distance. They're, they're a faraway thing, almost in the fantasy dream world. They're not as real as they should be. And they're not appropriating the things of God properly because that's, you can't appropriate the things of God if they're fuzzy. We've got to be more in tune with that. Sometimes I personally like to just sit and think about angels, what the Bible says about angels. They're real. And they're not little naked babies with bow and arrows. They're 10, 12, 14 feet tall creatures of power. And they're sent to minister for us who shall be heirs of salvation. Sometimes I just like to sit and think about where my mom is. And where my mom-in-law is. They've, they've left the earth. They're in the realm of glory. They're in a real place called heaven. Real activities. Real, more real than this world because this world came out of that world. God is a spirit. He said, let there be light. Let there be the earth. Let there be this. He made man in his own image. Sometimes I like to just sit and think about where I'm going to be. 40, 50 and if I want to stay longer, 60 years from now. You know, we're promised 120. Didn't say you had to live that long. I just say do everything the Lord tells you to do. And if you want to go, go. If you're satisfied after you've done everything he told you to do, go ahead and go. With long life will I satisfy him. Sometimes I like to just sit and think about these things because it makes my uh, comprehension of miracles more real. If you live too much in the natural realm, miracles and comprehension of miracles is far away. It's like a dream. It's like a fantasy. But the more you think about spiritual things, and that's why Paul said, now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I don't want you ignorant. This is where our help comes from. Do you ever notice that man is limited in helping at times? They will tell you often, I don't know. I, I see no cure. Well, the good news is this. Man telling you there's no hope is not Jesus telling you there's no hope. Jesus himself said all things are possible. Healing of AIDS, healing of cancer, deliverance from depression that's running your family for a thousand years. Freedom is possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. Mm. Or Jesus lied, and he didn't lie. So we need to get excited. Amen. Turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 8. I want to talk some more about the benefits of fasting and not going crazy and not just doing dumb things and just there is a balance in this area, and you don't want to go crazy with this. I know one person personally who went on a 40-day fast, and his mind got messed up. 
and I don't even know if he's well today. He got messed up mentally. Kenneth Hagin talks about a man who fasted 40 days and he died. Well, that's obviously not a fast the Lord wanted him to do. He went crazy. He went beyond. He didn't do. He, he just, he, he got off. He was a good guy too. It was sad. But in Romans chapter, but that doesn't mean fasting isn't beneficial. It doesn't mean fasting isn't powerful. Um, I personally think it, it would freak most people out just what two meals would do, just fasting two meals, and praying and seeking God without interruption in that time, throughout that day. You'd be amazed what you can get from God in just a few hours of 100% focus. No phone, no texting, no Facebook, no computer, no watering plants, no cleaning the house, nothing, just you and God. And if it takes you through a meal, get ready for some great revelation. There are rewards to fasting. Jesus said, when you fast, not if, when you fast, don't do it like the hypocrites to be seen. And your Father which sees in secret will reward you openly. There are certain things you can get through fasting. I want to say this right up front again. There is no commandment in the New Testament to command, that commands Christians to tithe. There's no commandment. There's, there's references and there's instructions if you do, but there's no commandment. There's no, you need to, you need to, uh, did I say tithe? You need, you need to fast. You need to fast. You need to fast now. You need to do, no. You can. It's beneficial. And I think one of the reasons there's no ironclad rule is because it's as the occasion arises. And all occasions are different. Some are more serious. Some are less serious. Some may call for a little bit more. Some may call for a little bit less. But the main thing we need to realize is fasting doesn't get God to do something. Fasting doesn't show him that we're all disciplined. Fasting changes us. It makes us more sensitive and more in tune to what the Spirit of God is saying and leading and doing. And when you hear from him, I tell you, we're talking about life and death things here. There are some people aren't with us today because they didn't know what to do. There are marriages that aren't together today because they didn't know exactly what to do. They, they, they weren't picking up from the Lord what he was transmitting. And one main reason is what we're going to look at right here. Romans 8, verse 6. I want, you, I want you to look at this. The Bible says to be carnally minded it's kind of a drag, you know, it's, it's you know. No, it's, it's serious. It's death. I thought, I thought, isn't it interesting he didn't say to be evil-minded is death. And we know evil is wrong. Stay away from it. You're a Christian, right? We know he didn't say to be, um, he didn't even say to be devilish-minded. He said, just be carnally-minded long enough and something in your life will wither and die. Most people are on guard for evil. Not everybody is on guard for too natural or too carnal. These are the problems that are getting under the radar in a lot of people's lives. They're on guard for the devil. They're on guard for wicked. They're on guard for sin. But not many people are on guard for just too much natural. Well, what can that lead to? Not good things. And, and he may not be talking just about physical death here, dying and leaving the earth prematurely. It could be the death of a marriage because someone's just too carnal. 
I, I used to think the greatest problem in marriages that caused problems in marriages was uh, poor uh, lack of communication. But then I found out communication is one of the things that have destroyed a lot of marriages. People not saying things they shouldn't have said. You know, communicating in, the, in a way. I think the number one problem in marriages is carnality. And I'll tell you, well, the scripture I got that from, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul said to the married people, I speak this. You will have trouble in the flesh. You will have trouble in this fleshly area. You will have carnal appetites and desires pulling one spouse one way, the other spouse another way. And if you don't put the flesh under and you don't get spiritual and you don't come up into the realm that God wants you in, more spiritually minded than natural minded, you will have fussing and fighting in your marriage because the trouble in marriages is because somebody is fleshy. Too fleshy. You'll have trouble in the flesh. Paul wasn't saying that to get people not to marry. He was saying that to married people to tell them, if you want your marriage to be heaven on earth, quit thinking about what they're doing for you and be conscious of what you're doing for them. Y'all heard the saying, right? Marriage is not about finding the right person. It's about being the right person. Or I should say it's not only about finding the right person. It's about being the right person. And so Paul said here, to be carnally minded is death. Well, we don't want death. We want the manifestations of life. Right? We want the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. We want manifestations of workings of miracles, gifts of healing, special faith, discerning of spirits, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Those are the opposite of death. Well, what, what could quench that? What could slow that down? What could stop that? Being too carnal. Too, too much in this flesh realm. To, to living too... Now we got to be here. We're not talking about, you know, not being aware of certain things, but you, can, you know what I'm talking about. There is such a thing as too much TV. Now don't go away and say, Pastor preached against TV. I didn't say TV. I said too much TV. I like to say, I, I, I thank God some of my favorite feedings from God come through television. Sermons and preachings and teachings. Praise the Lord. Good worship music. Great things. But we got to watch out about too much of anything in this natural realm. Um, I mentioned this last week, and we'll see. Maybe we'll dig into it eventually. Do you realize that there is such a thing? This is even harder <laughs> than fasting a meal or two or a day or two. You know, if an emergency arises or things are pressing in upon you or the Spirit of God leads you to fast a meal or two. This is actually... Uh, something that will help you even advance more in the things of God and experience more of His presence and power. And that is learning to live a fasted life. See, fasting a meal or two, that's an episode. Living a fasted life, we're talking about a whole change of lifestyle and thinking. Never Allowing your fleshly appetites to get all they want. What will that do? That will revolutionize our spiritual life. What, what does that mean? That means if you get in the car and crank the cooler on high, 
turn it down two notches. Don't give your flesh everything it wants. That means when you're taking a shower and you like it certain temperature, decrease it just a little bit. Don't ever give your flesh everything it wants. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying if you're thinking about living a fasted life, you're thinking about changing your entire perspective. You know, my mom, when she was alive on the earth, she's in heaven now, probably hearing me preach right now. She said she grew up in a family from Lithuania. They, moved, they came over here to, to Illinois from Lithuania. My mom was born, and she said that she was trained all through her life that it was wrong to leave food on your plate when you were done eating. Because of the Great Depression, probably in the 20s or whatever. And then, and then people would start saying things that just didn't make sense. Well, you know, they're starving kids all over the world. You better clean your plate because they're starving kids. It's like, well, what good is it going to do if I eat it or don't, don't eat it? It's not going to help them at all. Somebody 3,000 miles away. But what that did is it, is it fed an appetite that caused people to indulge more than they should. How many know it's totally okay to leave three quarters of the food on your plate and throw it away when you're done if you had what you wanted? I, mean, I lost a bunch of you right there. <laughs> yeah. Don't put so much on your plate. Don't put so much on your plate. But at the same time, um, when we go to Keith Moore's church in Sarasota, we, we are always invited to a minister's conference and there's times we'll sit with Keith and Phyllis and others and get to fellowship with other ministers. They have like five courses. And we're eating like at 10 o'clock at night. And it's gourmet. It's wonderful. And I don't feel bad at all about eating a little bit of each course. And the rest just taken away. They just take it away. And they don't care either. You, you got to watch out about your appetites reasoning with you. Um, it's, it's really not wasteful. It's, it's really not because if that was prepared for you, it's up to you how much you eat. We uh, very rarely, very rarely, when we go to restaurants, Carl and I very rarely will have them box up our food to take home. That's just us. We don't feel bad about it at all. Sometimes we do. Some, some stuff's better warmed up than others, and you learn through the years what, what's worth it and what's not. But I guess what I'm saying is this. When it comes to our appetites, if you've got three enchiladas on your plate and you're wanting to live this thing called a fasted life, you might only want to eat one and a half or two. It's up to you. I mean, how big they are. But what I'm saying is, if, if you just want to eat at all, don't. If you want to live a fasted life, don't. But pastor, I'm used to it. Well, I'm just telling you, fasting has a lot to do with just putting the flesh under so that you, you, you tell it who's boss. You've got to tell your body it's no longer boss. Paul said, I conferred not with flesh and blood. I, I, did, I don't... You have to watch out about your body telling you everything you should do, when you should do it, how you should do it. Now, it's, it's, it'd probably be a little embarrassing for you to get up and walk out now. <laughs> I'm joking with you. Um, but 
Do you understand what the Lord's trying to tell us here? There is a place you can get in the Lord where the things that used to mean a lot to you in this natural realm don't mean that much to you anymore. And now you've opened up to a spiritual sky, if you will, where you're hearing better from God, you're more, you're more susceptible to the things of God, you're more used of God, you hear Him more accurately in your own life and how to pray for others and minister to others. This is a wonderful life. You know, if you really think about it, how much longer do we have to put the flesh under? In this, in this vapor. Can I just say it? Just, just stick it out. Right? Just, just, just hang in there. Just move forward with the Lord. How, how long? Paul said, I die daily. And he has one of the greatest ministries other than Jesus himself. He was dying to things daily. It was a part of his life. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, who was used of God mightily in the early 1900s, he had raised many people from the dead by the leading of the Lord. He had um, ministered to insane people, and they got totally set free. And um, he said, I, I, he, he counted it a great joy to fast and pray. He realized he'd start seeing the benefits of it in his ministry. Well, I'm praying that this is going to lead us to great joy. <laughs> so read the rest of this verse here. It says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see that there? He didn't say to be evil minded is death, just be too natural. Now turn to 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll get to praying here in just a minute. 1 Corinthians 2. I want you to notice verse 14. It says, the natural man receives not. It didn't even say the natural man has a hard time receiving. It just flat out said the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Well, if we want manifestations of the Spirit, and we do, and those come from the Holy Spirit to the earth realm, then we got to watch out about things that cause us not to receive these things. This would fall in the category of quenching the Spirit and grieving the Spirit, which the Bible talks about. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Tell me some things of the Spirit of God. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Discerning of spirits. Workings of miracles. Gifts of healings. Special faith. Prophecy. Tongues. Interpretation of tongues. What happens if we're too natural? We're not going to be real good at receiving these things that we and the world around us need so desperately right now. I, um, I wrote a couple things down earlier tonight that I just want to read to you because I think we need to kind of poke our head above the clouds and kind of see what's really going on in our world right now. Let me just say this. You and I, whether you realize it or not, and the devil does not want you to realize it, because if you realize it, you'll avoid it. This world has been in a major conditioning process in the last few decades. A slow conditioning has been taking place. Do you realize there are some things happening today approved of and stamp of approval by the government of the United States that 150 years ago people would throw up at. They would puke over some of the things that are so accepted today. But this slow conditioning has taken place. This slow, this to where, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, that's, that's not real good. 
oh well, maybe it's okay, you know, we're the 21st century and, you know, maybe the Bible needs updated. What's going on? This slow conditioning. Are we in darker times than we think? I'm going to answer that. Uh-huh. The conditioning has gotten into the church. There are some things that should cause us to want to go to a two-week prayer meeting nonstop. Are you kidding me? If his people who are called by his name humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, he said, I'll hear from heaven, forgive your sin, and I'll heal your land. Why aren't we praying more? Have you looked around lately? Does our land need any healing? Is there any healing in our land that's needed? Even minus COVID? Now, I want to say this. Oh, boy. Because I'm not a doom and gloom preacher. You watch. If, if, if the Christians who are for, for life and, and not for abortion, if the Christians play it cool and stop pointing the finger at the other side, so to speak, and just thank God for what happened in the Supreme Court. Well, listen, to, listen to me. But now if we keep fighting and, and dividing, the nation will still crumble. All right? But if we will thank God for what happened, quit slamming others who believe the other way, quit dividing. The Bible says a, a nation divided against itself will fall. Don't even need Russia to attack us. Are you listening? Don't even need no missiles from Turkey. A nation divided against itself will destroy itself. But if we'll play it cool and be thankful and stop pointing the finger. Matter of fact, God said, this is the fast that I've called you to. Quit pointing the finger and your health will spring forth speedily. If we will play it cool, I tell you right now, this nation is going to start seeing some of the protection we used to see on it. Because something was just done in our Supreme Court that is going to bring the blessing of God back into this nation to a larger degree. God likes it when little ones aren't destroyed. And he will, he will honor a nation who does things like that. I was looking up all these scriptures the other day about God calling he and her in the womb. In the womb. I thought it was interesting that John the Baptist was filled from the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb, in Elizabeth's womb. Well, you have to be a person to be filled with the Spirit. Are you listening to me? Has the world we live in been conditioned us to, to conditioning us to slowly conform to evil? Do we need manifestations of the Spirit now more than ever? I'm going to say yes. Look around. Oh my goodness. Church, what have we been doing? What have we been doing? God said, I set workings of miracles in the church. I've set gifts of healings in the church. I've set these manifestations in the church. You know what we should be doing? God, where are they? We want them more than the latest movie. We'll do whatever we got to do. We, want, we need the power of God. We need, to, we need to crave the power of God like we personally need it. Because there's people all around us that do need it. Yeah. 
And so many people are going the natural route. And the, the, the problem with that is the natural realm has a lot of hopeless situations in it. There are no answers in the natural realm for a lot of things. I'm not saying we don't receive natural help. We take medicine if we need it. Go see a doctor if you need it. Of course, we're not stupid. They're fighting the same thing we are, but we've got the big guns. And this, this, this message right here, let me finish this up because we want to start praying. Turn to Matthew 17. Matthew chapter 17. I want to go ahead and show you this. And then we'll start praying. The Bible says in Luke 21, as you're turning to Matthew 17, I'll just quote it to you. Luke 21, 34, Jesus said, take heed. In the end times, he's talking about the last days. He said, take heed, lest your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness, and that day come upon you unaware. What, Jesus? What would you say? He said, beware in the last days uh, that you don't, that your heart is not overcharged, your spirit is not overcharged with overeating and drunkenness. Surfeiting and drunkenness. That that day come upon you unaware. What he's saying there is you're not going to be aware of spiritual things properly if you're too indulgent in the natural things of life. One of the greatest things about fasting when it comes to food, because you know the Bible talks about fasting other things as well. One of the greatest things about fasting food, and, and this is where you've got to be cautious because you can go too far and break your body down, and that's not good either. But one, one of the things about fasting is it shows the flesh who's boss, puts it down on the level it's supposed to be, so you're more aware of spiritual things, and that's where your help comes from. It just shows your body, it's just, your body's not so loud when you're putting it under. And that's a real good thing. Because a lot of times the Spirit of God is saying, don't go there. But your body is saying, that's the best food in town. And people go, and they get food poisoning. Why? Because their body was louder than their spirit, and they followed their tummy more than the Spirit of God, and they got into a situation, or a car wreck, or somebody running a stop sign, or what. You have to watch out about your body directing you. All right, so Matthew 17, let's read this and we'll pray. Matthew 17, verse 14. And we'll read just a couple of verses here. Matthew 17, 14. It says, When they were come to the multitude, Jesus, Peter, James, and John, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. He's sore vexed. Oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water, having some kind of fits. I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. Which is very interesting because in Matthew 10, Jesus gave all of them power over all demons and to cure all diseases. But now it's saying right here, they couldn't cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, what did Jesus say? Not what people want to hear today. When people don't get results today, they want to say, it's the will of the Lord. Well, that's not what Jesus said. He said, the first place you need to look, if you're not getting answers, is not if the sovereign will of God for some reason doesn't want to heal your child. It's faithless. Now he said, this is interesting, he said the whole, the, whole, the whole nation's like this. Faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you, Jesus said? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. Next verse, and Jesus rebuked the devil and it departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Now here's the question, next verse, that almost a bunch of people on the earth have. The disciples came to Jesus apart and said, why didn't I get healed when I prayed? 
Why didn't, why didn't I get a miracle when the evangelist laid hands on me? Why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? Why didn't it work, Jesus? Why didn't it work? You know what religion tells them? It was not the will of God for you to be healed because I'm the best and when I pray things happen and if they don't, God must want you to stay in bondage. That's religion's answer to this why question. What's Jesus' answer? Why it didn't work? No, go back, go back. Then came the disciples apart and said, why could we not cast him out? Why didn't our prayer work? What did Jesus say? Go ahead. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. The answer we all want to hear. It is the answer you want to hear because it's not an incurable problem. Aren't you glad he didn't say, I'm sorry guys, there's some demons that are too big. You might want to get under the bed and hide. Aren't you glad he didn't say that sometimes the devil's too big and too powerful? Aren't you glad he said something you can fix? How? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because of your unbelief. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, it shall be done. Remove and nothing will be impossible to you. Next verse. How be it? There's something else I need to talk to you guys about that has to do with before ministry time. You know, your life. I want to talk to you guys also about this. You want to know, I gave you power in Acts chapter 12. You guys remember that? <laughs> I gave you power in Acts chapter 12 over all devils and to cure all diseases. Why wasn't it working in this situation? They had it. Something happened before this time an opportunity of ministry that caused them to fall down to a less spiritual level. Their awareness of their authority that the Lord already gave them wasn't keen. Their awareness of the faith they had wasn't sharp. And their prayers didn't work. And Jesus said, you know what? I, this, is, this is just me saying, I, I'm, I, this is what I think. He said, you let some carnality in and you forgot you had power and you weren't, you weren't in tune like you should have been. And it led to unbelief. And that unbelief led to you not being able to cure this boy. How many think it's a good idea to live our lives in such a way when any ministry opportunity comes up before us, we're ready. You know what? A little fasting now and then or living a fasted life will help you greatly in this area. There's times the Lord will lead you to fast because he knows somebody's coming your way that's going to need major prayer in two days from now. And he may say, fast a couple meals. You're going to need it in a couple days. Why, Lord? I don't see anything. Just trust him. If he's leading you to do it, just do it. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know from your word, we know by the leading of your spirit that you want to do a lot more in our churches than we've been opening the door for you to be able to do. Maybe we've been grieving you or quenching you unknowingly. Maybe we've not been spiritual enough to be led properly and to step out when a gift of the Spirit needed to come through us. Well, Father, we're asking tonight as a church that we would see more and more manifestations of your Spirit in every service and even beyond these four walls as we take that glory with us. 
Father, we're asking as a church tonight that you would help us to tune in more keenly and accurately to what it is you want to do, when you want to do it, and how you want to do it. Father, we're believing tonight that you're going to hear our prayers. And the manifestations of your miracle power is going to be on a rise in our church. We thank you for the prayers that have already been prayed. We thank you for the things that are already in motion. And we thank you that we're about to see the greatest manifestations of the Holy Spirit we've ever seen in our life. We believe, Father, we're going to see limbs grow out, lives changed right before our eyes, eyes, cancers and tumors falling off, ushers sweeping them up and throwing them in the trash. We believe eyes are going to get fixed, blood's going to get fixed, cancer's going to be healed, depression's going to stop forever, abuses of the past, people are going to be healed up in their emotions, things are going to happen because you love people. And we declare, Lord, we take your things more serious. We purpose in our hearts to not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. We purpose in our heart to do whatever we got to do to sincerely, strongly desire the best gifts. We do everything we can, Lord, to make sure our motives are love. Lord, as we ponder the needs of the people around us and even those in this room and online tonight, we say, Lord, let the power flow. Oh, glory to God. We want it, Lord. We're here on a rainy Wednesday night because we want these things strong. Church, if you want to walk and pray, you can. If you want to come to the altar and pray, you can. We've got about 10 to 15 minutes is all. But let's pray in the Holy Spirit. Let's pray with the understanding. I like to pray in tongues. Um, I encourage you to pray in tongues as well. But if not, just pray with the understanding. Pray for the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. Father, we pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. You know what needs to be uttered tonight. Thank you for the infilling of the Spirit. Guys, always put up on the screen that scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. And so, Lord, as we pray right now, we're talking to you and we're believing for great and mighty things, life-changing, life-saving things to happen as a result of you helping us to pray tonight. Hefro mandangre anguno monti Agre deato vonote grepo sicata eleframishi kufo mondene grintia bangracho. Just pour your heart out, church. Don't worry about how loud you are. Just pour your heart out. Let's not be uh, embarrassed or shy tonight. Let's pray if fervent prayers, effectual fervent prayers. Ati crown testineeshenem pangutuno bongre viata. Fundament, and be conscious of releasing faith as you're praying tonight. Expect good things to happen. See it through your mind's eye. See it through the eye of faith. Poto krojutava, egre ginanto, mondele me prangantavan, ekrosokusto fomoce cafetiano, bondolomo poku utaleme andangra giatele fremito kosoto vomoce cafiana. Father, we thank you for the Spirit of God helping us to speak the words that we need to speak. We thank you that your power is being stored up in our church. We thank you other churches are receiving the same. We declare it is time for miracles. It's time for healings. It's time for the power of God to flow like rivers of living water. Things need to change. Things need to... They need to shape up by the power of God. I sense in my spirit we're going to see mental problems fixed by the power of God. We're going to see mental problems fixed by the power of God. 
even samote, krafajianto, hombre baganista. I prophesy brains healed. I prophesy souls restored. I prophesy people set free by the blood of Jesus. Cofre mande esche casinto like we've never seen up till now. Oh, vrematia, gombre jeeta, kafromotoostaka, jante manganina egreviato, bromononoche, vanda ecrosipato fromoche galafiinto, bromonono. Pray from your spirit. Answers are coming forth right now. Answers, spiritual answers, pato frumoutake, and they will take material form very shortly. Because we're spiritually praying it out tonight. Hatola fromoche, eke, vina, anto, gromo, ushto, vina, acre, ichapacano, vondeleme antico, sicucho, molonote. Father, we're praying and believing for the power of God to increase. Oh, help us to be ready for the teachings on Sunday. Show us, Father God, paths you have for our life. Deal with us about anything. If uh, some fasting would do good here or there, show us, help us to discern it and see it. Father, we pray in one accord tonight. We all want the same thing. We want people set free. We want people delivered. We want people overcoming. We want people strong. We want people healed and healthy. We want people blessed and prosperous. We want people happy and full of joy. And we know these manifestations of the Spirit will help that happen. Father, we know not everybody's at certain levels of faith, but you still love them and you still want to help them as they're growing. We're believing, Father, for the manifestations of the Spirit of God to manifest in our services, every one of them, healing school on Monday, Wednesday night service, Sunday service. Oh, Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In youth group, Lord, help them to experience the move of your spirit and the power of God that they need. Oh, let it overflow out of this church into this valley. Oh, Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We desire earnestly the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to God. Mandele Framesha Shomoku Utalem Bangandenvein. Dabro Koustava. Lecre Jito Moto Grina Anto Bronde Ixta Wutenstaten. Ankle te bauto Vrendeleme Bandangre. Jasustonomopo oke de Ephraim and the Kiite Bliandondeka. Landa crefiestoco, zondele me panganda framanoce, ito crosunofa, ante brimiacho, gundo vondeneana, embre queisto. The Bible says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. No man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. We're talking to God about things that we ha have been a mystery to us, but God's helping us to pray them out so they're not a mystery anymore. Oh, Father, thank you for showing us what we can do to set the atmosphere for more signs and wonders, more miracles, more power of God. Thank you, Lord, for revelation teaching. Thank you, Lord, for lifting us up by your Spirit. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Father. Po Thank you. Would you say this with me? If your heart agrees with it, say this. Lord Jesus, I, I will not be ignorant of spiritual things because you told me not to be. I desire greatly. I desire earnestly manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We know, Father, these are life-saving moves of your Spirit. You want to do more. We open the door. We want it all in Jesus' name. Help me, Lord, to be more sensitive to the things that matter, the most important things. Help me to see areas of my life that have been pulling me down into the natural realm. Help me to adjust. I purpose to go higher and to do my part. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, church, um, before I let you go, I just want to say a couple more things because we've only got three minutes here. Um, I was thinking about something that I had taught years ago. It was in the area of marriage. It was in the area of um, praying about the spouse that you think is going to be your spouse instead of just jumping in because of infatuation or whatever. And I, I remember something I taught along those lines. I wanted to share it in, in this area. You know, it, we really don't want to wait for a crisis and then start doing these things. It's like if you'll listen, the Spirit of God's leading you all the time when skies are blue to do certain things that come up so you're more ready for that thing around the corner that you want to be ready for. Um, and I remember talking to him about, you know, in the relationship zone about how you might want to just take a little time, fast some time with each other and seek the Lord, make sure this is God and not just good and make sure it's not just physical attraction but there's a spiritual connection here and that you're both yoked properly in your faith and... And I remember telling them, and I want to say this in the area of fasting in general, is that you think about fasting two meals or a whole day. You know, just say, you know, from sunup to sundown, I'm going to fast and pray and seek God about some of these things or my future. Um, I think sometimes in the Old Testament, they, they uh, fasted a whole day, uh, a whole 24-hour day. And then it talks about fasting from morning till evening. And again, it's not just a, a mechanical thing. You, you want to be led. There needs to be a reason for it. But you know what? Right now we're thinking, fasting from sunup to sundown and praying and shutting my door and turning off my phone and not watching TV? Are you serious? Let me just say this. If the Lord's leading you to do that, or you're in a situation that you feel you need some big time help in, fasting a whole day compared to not being destroyed or to not receiving a powerful miracle of God after you receive it, 
is not that long anymore. I, I tell people that are thinking about marriage, I say, just fast a little bit of time with each other, two or three days, to, and, and seek the Lord. Maybe fast a meal to seek the Lord, make sure this is right. Um, how many think that would be worth it to do that than to find out later you married Frankenstein or Franken Bride of Frankenstein? And now you've got 20 years of hell on earth marriage when you could have just spent two or three days and been guided more correctly in that area. Sometimes fasting looks like this big old chore on this side of it, but on the other side of it, because of some things that you're going to hear from God and some miracles are going to be able to manifest, you look back and go, I would have, I would have spent seven days fasting if I needed to. My favorite TV program, a few meals here and there to give me this blessing. Are you kidding me? See, when you're on the other side, in the miracle, in the blessing, you look back and go, glory to God, I'm glad I didn't think day was a long time from what I got. Day was nothing. Day of fasting was nothing compared to the blessing I walked into. So, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord for helping us tonight. If you can be here Sunday, I encourage you to be here. It's going to be great. Love you. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 